Welcome to the Finding Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Liz McComish. Just like a seed holds all the knowledge it needs to grow into the plant it was destined to be, I believe you hold all the wisdom within you to create the most amazing life. Join me and my special guests as we explore the path back into your innate wisdom and teach you how to harness it. This is your life to live your way. Okay, I am so excited to say I have really one of my favorite people um, here today who I know walks with so much integrity and so much heart, but so much clarity and groundedness at the same time. And that's Julia Norris, who is a spiritual transformation coach. And we are going to dive into how she walks her path and what her work is and what she's doing to make massive um, change in this world, which I know she is. So welcome, Julia. Hi, Liz. Thank you. Gosh, that was a beautiful introduction. Thank you very much. You almost have me in tears. (laughs) It's my pleasure. Well, we're finally here because we've wanted to do this for quite a long time and our lives... (laughs) Uh, kept getting in the way of it actually <laughs> if we're honest I love it it's alignment it was just literally like oh can you do this yet yeah, bang you know whereas yeah. before the universe didn't allow it it wasn't the right time and I just believe in that path so much so much yeah. it's all timing it's so divine it is it is everything is that divine timing definitely because I think it was last year that I reached out to you for a podcast and then it something happened where neither of us could quite make it work and this time I reached out to you I think a few days ago and you said yes I'm on let's let's do it and I was ready and you were ready so I think that that divine timing actually is possibly something that can we can easily overlook in life isn't it if we don't have our eyes open to it I think you're right. I think it's about having your eyes open. You know, I always look back to my own journey up until a few years ago. I I had no idea about any of this stuff, you know, and if people would talk to me about divine timing, energy, I desperately wanted to understand it. It was always in me. I would never poo-poo them or think they were crazy or woo-woo or whatever gets said out there. I would always just have this innate desire to understand it and just to want to find out more and so then I embarked on that journey of okay I'm going to pick up that book and that book and that retreat and that meditation and you know it really I think everyone who I come across in the spiritual arena I don't even like to say spiritual because what does that even mean but in that arena um whether a lot of people come through the personal development um you know thread or whether they come through the more spiritual side of things doesn't really matter it all leads you to this um same place and um it's the same message being spoken but in different ways so um yeah it's really cool and now just to have that belief in um in being looked after the universe is always guiding me the universe is always looking after me um everything is divine and that way even when the apparently bad things happen you don't feel that way about them anymore there's a lesson there's um it's not bad it's just happening and it's happening for you and what what are the lessons so it's great is it there's such a comfort in that isn't there of I'm actually I'm being looked after I'm okay and so in every moment where things really go pear-shaped I'm still looked after there is a there's a bigger picture here 
that I can't see all of it right now, but there is a bigger picture at play. And if you have that connection to, I guess, that that divine unfolding or something, is that what you'd call it? I'd say it is. I think it is. Mm. There is a, um, you know, I, I feel less and less sort of human, if you like. You know, there's more of a, um, I'm having, I, I'm a spiritual being, having a, an experience, a human experience. And it doesn't matter how far along you go down this path, you're not going to get out of these experiences. And some of them are going to be great. And some of them, the mind will label as not so great. But just having that um, awareness that really it's all for you. It's all just mapped out. And I actually believe um, most of it has already happened, you know, because there's no time and that, you know, we we just keep coming back and reliving these lessons. So there's there's so many little rabbit holes that you can go down. But um, yeah. it, it's just, um, it's not something that I can go into my head to think about. It's something that I just know. It's an inner knowing you know, it comes from here. So, so um, that's like so you you think that we come back again and again as ourselves in the bodies, like in the with our current identities, doing the same lessons until we get until we get it. Is that what you're saying? I think our soul. Um, you know, again, this is hard to speak about from the level of mind because it's multidimensional and it's you know, mm. so it's not. I think if if someone comes along and sort of listens to this from the human ego me perspective it's going to be quite hard to understand it but it's just more that we are multi-dimensional beings and that our soul has a journey and um it will just it's here it's like almost a game a game of life a bit of a dream and there's all these lessons to learn and it's miraculous and just beautiful but sometimes the lessons are hard they're, they're mm. really hard you know yeah 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 and so when you're working with people, give us a glimpse into what that what that is like. Like who 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 is your person that comes to you? What are they seeking? And then what sort of work are you doing with them to to help them to support them on that pathway? Yeah, sure. So I mean, I will work with anyone who approaches me. I certainly don't particularly market myself with any niche because I think um, it would almost be cruel to do that because for me this work can help every single human Mm. whether it be a child or a teenager I mean from what I do now it probably needs to be age nine and up but whether it be a teenager or whether it be a man a woman it doesn't matter but what I tend to find is whether um, this is you know, whether I like it or not kind of thing, I I do tend to attract women of my sort of age bracket who generally are going quite well in life. Um, They're already on this spiritual personal development journey. Um, They want to open up their intuition a little bit more. They they recognise that there are certain areas in their life, be it relationship, health, issues with their children that aren't quite going as smoothly as they know that it could. And they will often come and see me um more often than not it tends to be around relationships that's a big one I think um women probably get to a certain age where we've had our children they grow up and yeah all of a sudden here we are in these relationships that um we realize that we've been trying to fix so that tends to happen Mm. I tend to get a lot of empaths who have a lot of um narcissism in their life um just seems to work that way for whatever reason so I will 
dive quite deeply into their past and try and figure out if there's any programming which has allowed for them to accept some of those behaviours in their life. So that can be quite a um, a big one. Um, mm. and, and really the work comes down to core beliefs, so inner strength, um, because we pick up all this stinking thinking when we're younger you know someone might have told us that we weren't good enough and it doesn't always look like that so you've got to kind of you've got to dive quite deeply to figure out where it came from and what it was unless unless I get someone who's ultra aware has already been doing a lot of this work they'll know but some people have no idea and so it takes a bit of probing and to kind of go okay so you think you're not smart enough okay so where did that come from where where has that belief stemmed from and they'll find oh yeah there was one time in high school where I failed an exam when the teacher said I was stupid you know to anyone else that might not mean anything it hasn't penetrated but for that one person that's defined their whole life and they don't even realize so it's imprinted in them and they go through life thinking they're not smart enough trying really hard but always having that perception and that belief that they're not as smart as other people. And then it, it tends to manifest. So, mm. um, sorry, I spoke quite broadly there because it is so broad. I can't, you know, yeah. from relationships to children to um, core beliefs, being smart. It touches every area of our life, but the core message is I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. Yeah. Yeah, it always seems to come back to that, doesn't it? So basically what it sounds like is you're talking about the unconscious and so you're working with the unconscious and you are tracking back the pathway of, well, what's happening in their reality right now that's not working for them and whatever's not working for them or their faulty beliefs or so on, there's some pathway into the unconscious. So if we can get into there and like restructure that a bit or reprogram that, then that changes the way they're, seeing their world they're seeing their reality right perfect you've said that so eloquently so it's um not only will they start to feel better within themselves but it tends to reflect if we can see ourselves as a bit of a mirror you know because our perceptions are our reality so our beliefs are our reality so um but yeah that's exactly it you nailed it really yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, we do, don't we? We're continuously creating this space, this life that we have. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when you're talking about the work you're doing, it's it could potentially feel um, very confronting to some people because we've got to then look at our lives and go, really, I've created this shit? Like, <laughs> But oh, in taking yeah. responsibility for it, we can actually we can actually change it. Do you get many people who are stuck at that point where they're like, I've got all this stuff going on. I don't like it. I'm not happy, but I'm wavering on, do I really want to take responsibility for all this? Because that's a really big kind of like thing to grasp. Yeah, yeah. And look, we need to be a little bit careful because it's, it's. Um, I'm very careful not to blame either, you know, because there can be a little bit of that toxicity in this world as well, where it's kind of like, oh, you're not thinking positively enough or, you know, you've, you've created that... Um, abuse in your marriage and you know no you know we've got to be really careful um how Mm. we how we deal with this stuff but it it is certainly the case that you can carry self-worth beliefs or um any kind of beliefs in your field um and often when you work on them you start to see the outside change 
that's not to say that you don't do any don't take action in the external as well so there's a bit of a very delicate balance with all of that as well certainly the people that come to me tend to be already on this kind of path they've already worked on their trauma um i i don't hold myself um I don't hold my hand up as a trauma coach or anything like that. And I'm, I'm very particular that if someone needs to go see a specialist psych or someone who's very experienced and specialised in that area, that I will I will be very upfront and tell people that as well. So you've got to be a little bit delicate yeah. in this area. We don't want the blame game, but you're right. Mm. It is taking people from victimhood, the poor me, you know, oh, and this has happened and that's happened and that person's, you know, to pull me to survivor, to creator, sorry, creating reality, knowing that you have a little bit more power, empowerment, having um, the ability to, I wouldn't say you can just snap your fingers and create everything like a lottery win. And it's not about all of that law of attraction stuff. It's just more that you're more empowered and then you can take the right decisions and then you just start to see a little bit more flow and joy in your life. But the main thing is that you feel happier on mm. the inside. You feel, yeah. um, you feel more joy and um, you come out of victimhood. Who wants to be a victim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, Well, it's a revolting place to get stuck, isn't it? And it happens to so many people. You see it, um, you know, in the way that things play out in our um, environment, like in our world, and people who end up being um, in a place socioeconomically where they can't afford their lives and the way that all the structures of government work actually keep them in that place as a a victim. It's so hard for them to crawl their way out of that. So any time that someone gets placed in that position of, um, you know, you are a victim in that way, it's it's very hard to to get out. And, yes, Obviously, there are there are victims of perpetrators. We know that, yeah. Um, and that's that's a really heavy path, you know, in and of itself. Yeah. At the same time, like to move out of that space is a case of going. Do you know what? I actually want my life, and I want yeah. something else for my life, and I yeah. want to be here. I want to be there, so you can start to walk out of that that place that I think life can get us really boxed into sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And how can we do that if our beliefs are not strong? And if we are carrying Mm. at the subconscious, unconscious level, we're carrying some sort of idea and it's false, it's completely false, but we have picked Mm. it up along the way through whatever happened to us in childhood or through, you know, that sort of zero to eight period. And then some, we carry it as an imprint and we we believe, um, well, I don't deserve any better. You know, then how many people sort of do stay in those dysfunctional relationships or in dysfunctional jobs or in um, work environments that aren't positive for their well-being or um, unhealthy because they, they don't think that they can do anything for themselves. So it's just giving, yeah, people, yeah. You know, giving people the power back, really. Yeah. We are powerful beings. And this stuff wasn't taught in school, but once you know it, you know it. And um, you have to give it to other people. You have to give it out. You have to help others because, you know, (laughs) you owe it to the world to like, I know, I know about this and I know what's happened in my life and where I've come from. 
And that's the most powerful story, isn't it? You know where you've come from. You know where you are today. Are you a victim or have you taken another path? And, do, you know, that's it. It's possible for everyone. It is. It is possible. And and I think you're right, that life's experience of, of bringing your own um, all of your own work into being, you know, being a healer, being a coach, being a counsellor, you know, whatever it is, the work that you're doing, you need to have done your own work to get there. So I was just talking to someone else about this today, actually, and you, how the whole space of healing has become very um, popular. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's people oh, yeah. in it left, right and centre. And um, uh, yeah, it's like, like I don't, I personally don't think you can really hold space for another human being until you have walked your own path. And obviously we're always healing. We're always working on ourselves, but to be able to see that our own stuff first and to be really honest, we become a very authentic, authentic person in the healing field. And that's what I've seen in you. You know, I've seen the way that you are, you stand in yourself, but also you know, when things go on in your life, then you 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 also very openly acknowledge that and take your time to work through your things. And then when you're ready, you come back and you step back into the work that you do, which I think is like really puts you in a space of deep integrity. Oh, thank you, Liz. I love the way that you said that you will work with uh, beliefs and consciousness to a point and then you'll say, okay, you've got this trauma that has come up and you need to now go and work with that with with someone who specialised in trauma and then come back because in this field, like, we all support each other and we all complement each other and we all have our different specialties. And so when I'm working with people with their trauma and working primarily through their bodies, I can get to a certain point and I say, I think now I'd like to refer you to someone else to go and do this work more on your narrative and more on your on your story so that you can start to heal that end now because it's all a piece they're all pieces of the same puzzle basically 100 percent, yeah I mean and, and you can liken that to the medical world you wouldn't get a doctor who mm. specializes in ENT trying to you know perform heart surgery or you know it's the same sort of thing or I've had um I know that there are intuitive psychics who can read the body and see what's going on, but they don't profess to do that work. They might just say to you, oh, you need to go and have a checkup because there's something going on with your heart because they can see that. So I think it's the same in our industry. You know, like you say, you have to work with integrity and um, A, there's certain traumas or whatever that I've never experienced. And how can I possibly put myself in that space to try and help someone but mm-hmm. I don't have the um the professional experience behind it either and I would never want to so I think stick to what you know is really really important you don't have to be mm-hmm. a uh, jack of all trades I think you um your gift is your gift and mm-hmm. people will always find you at the right time for what it is that you can offer and like you say and then there's a whole group of people out there who can do amazing things you know like I have a personal trainer but I don't expect him to teach me yoga you know yeah he probably could he probably goes to yoga and could teach me the stretches and whatever but he doesn't he sticks to what he knows it's the same in our in our field I think it's really important how often do you get people come to you who haven't really found their calling who are really seeking seeking that who are feeling that kind of emptiness yeah um look I haven't come across too many but I would say I was in that space myself for so long 
you know, and I had I had a program of being a failure and I had a program of not being smart enough and I had a program of, you know, trying all these different jobs and, you know, I'm going to be 47 and it hasn't worked out and I haven't, I'm not earning all this money. I'm not, you know, I had all of that going on. So that's the great thing about this work is that when, when I've mm. this subconscious reprogramming to unlimit myself, and to be here today with a thriving business and, you know, to be able to tell this story. I mean, that's that's the best that you can give to other people. So um, yeah. but I don't tend to get many um, clients who are unfulfilled in that. Did you mean in the career space? Yeah, just- in any space, but they just kind of go, I just don't feel like I'm kind of on path in my life. Like I don't feel like, because I'm, mm. I'm thinking, where, is it, where that's coming from in me is that I'm thinking that, these unconscious beliefs that you're the, the program that you're talking about must take people off path. So I can see that it can come up in so many ways in things that we learn in our family. Um, I recently went to a parent night at my child's school and the principal, because um, they're coming up to um, selecting subjects for year 11 and 12, and the principal said, don't try and get your child to live the life that you wish you had lived. Let them choose what actually works for them. And I was like, that's so profound. Like it's so simple, but it's so profound because as a parent, you know, I always want my children to, to have more than I did, you know, in, in yeah. lots of ways in their life. Yeah, like, that's but that's human. Yeah. But we would have had it from our parents as well. Yeah. So what programming then gets put into us by often well-intentioned people by and large, what sort of programming can get put into us that then kind of shifts us away from being in our authentic alignment. Yeah, yeah. And that's, oh, that's why we've got to do this work. <laughs> I, yeah. I've got to be careful not to be judgy about it now because I recognise that not everyone will find this path. It's not for everyone, you know, with however many billion people, of course. But I do get passionate because I feel like for me, one of the greatest positive outcomes is the way that I parent now comparing to how I did. My kids are... Um, teenagers 13 and um, 15 and a half year old girls and you become more conscious you just become more conscious and what that means is you allow them to be them you guide them but you're not there to um, live the life that you didn't have for example through them or to push them or they haven't got the good enough grades or they haven't got you know or they they don't meet up to whatever benchmark you've got in your mind about them um you're just you're just more allowing you're more loving Mm. you're living from this space and your relation I didn't get I didn't have that and like you know I'm gonna say god bless my mother because she recently passed but I have to be honest the the relationship was strained the parenting was difficult she came from a completely different era different society different financial just it was hard really hard and um you know she wanted the best for us I know that I absolutely got to know that more and more in the last few years but it came from um a controlling vibration where she was trying to really control how we looked what we said what we you know and that gives you Mm. self-esteem issues so growing up that was that was my life so now with my girls it's a completely different experience and I know that's because of the path that I've been on and the journey and the the de 
what can you say? Like, um, I, I like to think of it as you're kind of the sky and you have all these clouds in front of you and you're just parting the clouds really so that the sky can shine. That's what it yeah. feels like. All these limitations, all these beliefs that you're not enough, they just start to move and they, they part ways and then you become, you know, the sun can shine. So, it's interesting. Yeah. I have um, several times I've worked through people with this particular, um, you know, issue around ever kind of calling the reality what the reality was with their parents because their parents were actually well-intentioned. And yeah. what I say to them is, you know, you can have parents who've had their own stuff go on and they have the best intentions for you, but at the same time they have brought in all their own stuff that you then end up wearing. And it can be from a beautiful place. Of course, there are, um, you know, the times out there in relationships we have where the other person's not coming from a beautiful space. But a lot of, a lot of the time that I see, they're not coming from a bad space, so to speak. They're not no. bad people. They've just got obviously their own unconscious programming that they are then applying to someone else in their life who is in their in their charge, really, aren't right. they? Yeah, absolutely correct. It's just about becoming more and more conscious. And from that place, you are more compassionate, aren't you? You are more forgiving Mm. because you can see that they've just come from, like you say, their unconscious programming. Um, And behind it is love. Like there's just love behind it. That's the core of who we all are. So even the most difficult childhoods, the most difficult um, parenting even behind that, there is love there, you know, if you look for it. So, um, yeah, and the layer on top of that is really just pain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, if there's love yeah. behind it, then the layer that's there and the survival strategies that come out, that's all, that's all just pain. And it's pain that keeps reinventing itself over and over again until someone goes, stop, that's enough. Yeah, exactly. And look, even the pain, if we listen to it, it's telling us something. It doesn't want to be mm. there. You know, mm. it wants us to heal. It wants us to move through it, move past it, become more of that sky that we talk about. So pain also is a huge gift, but it's not always easy to see that when you're in it. So, um, mm. you know, it's, it's I a can bit see of that's a where you would be. Sorry, I can say that's where you would be so helpful, you know, when people are in that depth of pain to be able to go, I'm here, I've got you, you know, I'm with you, you can... We can work together and to give them those glimpses of what might be on the other side because even a small glimpse can help, can't it? I mean, I know in my own life, like those times in my life where I've been in, in the depth of pain and a small glimpse can of what the other side might look like or of moving out of it or, or a slight reframe of yeah. what this pain actually means in my life can be like quite, quite radical. Yeah, look, and I often find myself um, in that role with friends even more than with clients sometimes, I think. So with mm. clients, I'm, I'm very fortunate because I have a tool called Psych-K and I can sit them in what we call a balance and it, it um, very quickly, profoundly moves a lot of stress that's in the body-mind out. Like, you know, you could be sitting there for like 10, 15 minutes and... Yeah. The anxiety associated with that traumatic event, or it doesn't even, and you know, trauma can be anything for anyone, right? We know that. Yeah. Um, and so with clients, I find that I've got this amazing tool. I'm just the 
conduit for it. You know, the um, I just hold the space and the facilitator. It's not really me doing it. The client does it all. Um, but with friends, I often find that I, I find myself, first of all, listening and holding space because it doesn't matter how far along in the path that they are on this path or on this journey. Um, we all get hijacked. <laughs> we all get those times mm. where we're just like, Yes, we world. do. <laughs> yes, fuck you know, those moments. <laughs> and you're like heightened, and you know you're yeah. in it. It's survival. It's survival, and it, it isn't always a good idea to say, "Oh, don't worry, it's all an illusion. You'll be fine. Your higher self, yada yada." You don't want to hear that. You want to no, because it's that. so real at the time. Like it's so real. It's so real. It's so real. And so you need someone just to listen and gently hold your hand and be there for you. And then slowly, slowly, you know, it's that ability to listen and be really present with someone, isn't it? Which you're Mm. amazing at, you know, just to really hold space for where they are at now. And then slowly you walk with them. And that's Yeah, holding their hand. How does Site K work? Give us the lowdown on this amazing well, tool. I hate this question because <laughs> <laughs> it was going to come. <laughs> I think every facilitator that might be out there listening will agree with me that it is just so impossible to explain Site K. And that, you know, it's a doing rather than a something that we can talk about. But the best that I can do is to say that um, it uses muscle testing. Um, it was downloaded to the founder and he worked very closely with, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who wrote Mm. the biology of belief. And Bruce Lipton has done so much research and so much, um, yeah, he's just turned everything around on its head that it's not actually your DNA that will make you sick, it's your environment. And by your environment, he'll mean not only the food you eat, but the situation you're in, but how you think. And that's Mm. a big part of it. So the mind is so, so powerful. So his his research has led him to understand that your beliefs, again, shape your reality. So Rob and Bruce have worked very, very closely together. They've come up with this set of processes called Psych-K. And it really involves using muscle testing with the person, um, working with them, working with their body, figuring out um, what's going on in their subconscious, and then just really quickly you'll sit with them, um, hold the space while they do the work, and their higher self will help them to transform any of the limitations that are there. Um, Yeah, amazing. That's the best way to explain it. That's a great way of explaining it. I know of Bruce Lipton's work very well. I love his work. Yeah, <laughs> he did some brilliant work in the um, in the mind body field very early on, and I think everyone who works in the mind body field, um, whenever someone like him comes along, we're like, yes, you know, <laughs> because yeah. they're the researchers and the scientists who can put into studies what we've been working with and what we've seen ourselves in in people's healing path and in people's bodies and their mind and in their belief exactly. systems and so on. People yeah. like, you know, Stephen Porges who developed polyvagal theory and Bessel van der Kolk and so on. They all get what we've we've seen, but they put it into proper, you know, evidence-based practice, which is um 
Yeah, which I is mean, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. His book is quite a hard read, I find, unless you have that left brain, which I particularly don't. So Bruce has done these two these experiments with cells in petri dishes, where you know, on the one hand, he's given a very positive environment to these cells spoken to it beautifully, put it in the light, given it sunshine, given it water, whatever. I'm not quite sure what the experiment is. And then on the other side, it's been the opposite, where that, that Petri dish has had, like, bad things said to it and in a dark environment and not given any love or whatever. And, you know, he can see the distortion in the cells in that in that Petri dish there. And so he's done a heap of work. I've just really simplified it, Paul Bruce. But um, he's done, yes. you know, it's that thick. But in it, his main... Um, process he says to quickly change the subconscious as well as affirmations at night and all the visualization all that kind of stuff that you can do with yourself but in it he does quote psych k so it's um, an absolute oh gift. wow yeah, yeah i didn't know that because i did read his book a long time ago and um definitely his work was um very powerful in moving us from a victim state which was that everything is held uh, genetically so our epigenetics will you know if my parents had heart problems then I will have heart problems too and so his work was like well actually no because it, yeah. those those particular they, they actually need a particular environment in which they can flourish so if you you can switch that off by giving it a different environment and you're right there's studies with water and with plants and etc yeah. like they really show us that that this is true so it's like also well, what sort of environment are you in like is it actually nurturing you is it supporting you or is it really poisoning you and we're not just talking about environments like you know whether you're keeping your house clean or whether there's mold in your ceiling or anything and of course that's all important but also the other part is is your mindfulness and your relational field like what is going on around you that is creating enough stress in your body that certain things can be switched on and and create um illness Uh, within you i mean it's my deep deep held belief and again it's a belief but you know i i believe that if you if you've dealt with like um betrayal in the past and you know your heart chakras really closed down and it's Mm. i'm just giving an example here and it's really hurting and you know, you haven't done that work to heal and to to make the heart open and full again. You know, I I believe that you can get disease in that area. You know, so mm, it's absolutely. it's one thing to go down the medical mainstream route. Um, but if if it was me, all the time I say this to everyone that I would certainly be working with a lot of healers and doing this kind of work to change the energy in the body mind as well because. Um, dis-ease yeah. you know the body's out of balance and it's dis-ease um it is and and that's what um you know polyvagal theory showed us as well that there's this that bi-directional um nerve between our brain and our organs so uh and 80 percent of it is efferent too so it's coming from our organs up but yeah. when the the mainstream um medical field deals with the organ itself and not all the messages that are going bi-directionally. So if you just deal with that particular organ, like you are certainly working on, obviously we need them. Like, I mean, if I'm having a heart attack, I'm going straight to, you know, hospital. (laughs) Let's just get one thing straight. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) I won't be taking homeopathies or something. I'll be like, I'm going straight to hospital. Um, But... 
because that's what the medical model is really good for, like dealing with that end point, right? But there's always stuff that has happened to lead up to that end point. So, of course, we've got to work with the end point, but what's underneath that? Like what has led to that point where we're showing dis-ease in that in that way? Yeah, look, I mean, I've had the fortune of being on two Dr. Joe Dispenza retreats and um, a lot of the people on those retreats quite often were sick and they had cancer and they had all manner of things going on. And I witnessed with my own two eyes people going through rapid transformation and rapid healing that, you know, it's the kind of things out of the Bible or Jesus, you know, that you you just have to see it. Have can you tell it. us, can you give us an example of that? Because I, yeah, yeah it's, yes, because Joe Dispenza is a very big person. I haven't dived into him a lot, um, but that yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's just um, become bigger and bigger and bigger. I think someone was saying um, like years ago, hardly, you'd mentioned his name and hardly anyone would know him. And now he's in the thousands because he's on every podcast and Spotify and everything mm. else. But um, his work is pretty amazing you know so it's very similar to psyche it's a deep dive into the subconscious um so through his meditations you're aligning what he calls your energy centers um obviously other religions or you know you might call them chakras or whatever it doesn't really matter but Mm. he he has um his teachings are about just alignment of what's going on in the inside with all the energy points making sure they're aligned and doing some deep dive into the subconscious so that it heals. And it's through meditation. And I have spoken to people, become friends with people. There's so many testimonials. And I, you know, one of them actually became my client. She's done a testimonial with um, Dr. Joe on YouTube. Um, Just, you know, the powerful transformations, whether they've had chronic back pain, chronic fatigue. One guy had bowel pa- uh, cancer stage four and he just wow. picked up the books. Start, you know, it's called Becoming Supernatural, one of his books, and then ended wow. up on his retreats and he just turned around to the doctor and was like, it's gone, you know, and it went through the spiritual. Um, and, yeah. you know, some of the things you just can't explain, but, um yeah, the work is quite profound. We're so much more than we realise. And um, I believe that with the right environment, again, whether it's mind, but it needs to be, it needs to come from everywhere. Exercise, body, the food we eat, everything's got to yeah. have a life force to it, you know, that life force energy. Um, and it, you can't just band-aid it. It's what I realised a few years ago when I was picking up all the law of attraction books and trying to manifest and positive thinking. Mm. Just doesn't work like that. You can't band aid. You've got to get underneath. Well, yeah, you're just constantly at battle with your mind when you go down that route. Oh, I've had a negative thought. Oh no, yeah, that's that's another negative thought. And then you're just, you know, and you're caught in that whole loop of never being good enough. So you're not getting out of it that way. So that's why, for me, the work that you do, the work that I do is way more important and then comes the positive thinking and then it's yeah, easy yeah yeah thoughts that come in are naturally positive like I said before the thoughts of oh I'm getting a really hard lesson here but it's divine guidance that's not me trying to be positive that just comes yeah. in now naturally because of the uncovering of all the other stuff and the thing is I mean negative thoughts or so-called negative thoughts like they are messengers because they will tell us what's going on inside us 
every single time. So if we push them aside and go, oh, no, I've got to replace that with a positive thought, like Mm. you say, is like creating that inner turmoil anyway. But any Mm. negative thought, if we're in a situation and it pops up, it's like, oh, that's come from me. That's come from inside me. It hasn't just been dropped in me. So what's, you know what I mean? So what's going on underneath that, that what needs healing that's underneath that or or how um, am I trying to protect myself? So when we're talking about the nervous system, there's so many of those thoughts that come in that try and protect us when we actually feel unsafe in a deep unconscious way. We feel very unsafe. And so certain things drop in to try and get us out of there or to try and make us not try the thing that we feel um, unsafe about. And a classic one is um, with relationships, if you've had a lot of really like destructive relationships your whole life coming from your family as well your nervous system generally feels safer in those relationships so you will actually go and you can actually sabotage with your so-called negative thoughts you can sabotage healthier ones and go into the more unhealthy ones because it feels safer for your nervous system so it's um, it's actually amazing what goes on inside us. So I agree with you. We need to listen to all of it and go, this yeah. is all part of me. And there's all, I'm not bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no one's bad. It's like this yeah. all part of me that can be, needs to be heard and held and worked with. I mean, that's a, a lot of awareness I think you need that you obviously have. And it's amazing. And I think, you know, you've just covered such a broad range of things there even haven't you like you know the secondary gain that we get so for example I might have a client that comes to me wants to stop smoking but they're getting something out of the smoking you know you've got to sometimes you've just got to delve deeper and deeper it's not good enough to just say um you know put in a subconscious belief of I I am healthy that's not going to be enough Mm, you know yeah 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 do a lot more work sometimes to really figure out the secondary gain, like you say, you feel it's all about being safe, isn't it? It's survival. Um, and then yeah. the other point was about the positive, negative thinking. It's actually quite dangerous. And I feel quite strongly about that as well. The whole, um, I find it really toxic, this whole, um, you have to be positive all the time. I f- mm. I, it actually makes me feel a little bit sick. You know, it's mm. not we shouldn't be in a world where we're trying to make everyone think positively at all. That's so completely wrong because your negative thoughts are serving a purpose at times. They are warning you perhaps of a situation. It could be intuition. And you, what you're doing is you're shutting that down. Like, oh, no, that's not allowed to be there. I need to think positive about that person. Nah, uh uh nah. You know, we, it's, it's all about guidance and the intuition, you know. So, um yeah. I don't yeah. I don't think positive thinking is what this is about. I think it's about doing this deep inner work. It's about awareness and becoming conscious. Yes. Yeah. And because sometimes with that whole like, you know, if there is something that comes into your life and your your intuition speaks to you and it's like, no, you know, part of your work is to set a boundary and say, actually, that person's not right for me. Because not every person is right for us. And we can do that lovingly. We can lovingly just go. You're not going to work in my life. (laughs) An example of um, of my dog Pablo, my little dog, my little Shih Tzu. He's absolutely crazy, and you know he doesn't like certain people, and that's cool. And he's he doesn't sort of have this story of oh no, I need to be positive, otherwise I'm not going to have be fed tonight. Or 
Do you know what I mean? He's like, if he just sniffs them out, he doesn't like them and he barks. You know, and that's enough. <laughs> imagine if we all started doing that. Can you imagine? You oh, go out, <laughs> you see someone, you just don't like their vibe, you bark at them, and they just lovingly go away and you lovingly go in your own direction. Just go, well, yeah, we can take one further, sniff each other's butts, right? Like, no, you're not for me. <laughs> minute and he's fine and he's sniffing another dog's butt you know there's no you know they're just in the moment and they don't deny or suppress anything that comes through and that's that's where we need to be headed we can't suppress our feelings you know because Mm. the more you suppress them as you know what happens it's like a little boiling pot isn't it yeah there's inner turmoil isn't it like ongoing inner turmoil you know, and that goes back to Freudian days. You know, Freud gets Freud gets a really bad rap, but he was very contextual. He was in a time where it was, you know, quite a sexist kind of time, right? But, you know, he talked about the unconscious in that way and it ends up just boiling over and we put this lid on it, like, no, get down there, get down there. But it keeps, like, inside. Yeah. And then you start to, you know, with your whole life, you start to direct your life in different ways to try and escape that horrid feeling that's inside you. But actually to work with it, you've got to just go back in and go, well, what is it? What's going on here for me? Yeah. And Mm. again, coming back to it's all energy, right? So if Mm. you constantly put that lid on it, where does the energy go? And either it's going to explode and you're going to lose it or disease in the body, you know, because it's those cells again, isn't it? It's that those, you know, so that's, that's what this is about. You know, if you want health, you want well-being, you want a level of joy, and then you might create more flow in your life. You might manifest some great material things to play with. That's all cool. That's fun. Have fun. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually that amazing part, isn't it, when you can go, actually, this is where I want to go. It's what I really want from my life. So what's getting in the way within my unconscious? I can work through all of that and then go in that, in that direction. Yeah, and then just trust, let go, believe. Because, you know, like I said, I could sit here and, have a belief that I'm going to win the lottery tomorrow. Well, that's not necessarily what the universe would want for me. You know, what am I going to learn? I don't need to learn that lesson. So a lot of times I think clients come to me and they might want to manifest something and, you know, and then they'll be like, oh, Julia, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. So, well, all we're doing is putting in those positive beliefs so that you open up the um, possibilities of it happening. You're taking the limitations away. Then what happens you're in tune with your higher self and the universe and then what happens well quite often it'll be better than what you even think or that you've asked for yeah 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 trust trust it yeah it's not always what you want but it's always what you need that's what I say to all my clients you might not get what you want but you're going to get exactly what you need and you will grow and you will be happier and but don't for one minute think that you're not going to experience anymore like that's the end of life you don't want that you're here as a human to experience mm. that you know <laughs> and that's where the beauty is really isn't it like the depth of the human experience can be it can be rough and it can be you know really hard at times but it's also where the beauty is and like I have seen some people in their deepest vulnerability I see so much beauty in their hearts and it's you know, it's where we all meet as as humans. When you strip everything else away, in the depths of our being and our vulnerability, we actually meet as as energy, as love. Oh, Liz, it's so beautiful, you know. And how many people around us that we just think, oh man, you know, like 
you're just hurting and they might project yeah. and they might say things and they might, you know, they, they feel jealous and they don't even realise and they project stuff and whatever. You know, I've written a few posts about that lately because I've witnessed it and I'm just like, you're just, you know, you just love deep down. You just want to be loved and you are loved, but you've got to allow it. It's like they've just formed yeah. this barrier, you know, because to open your heart is, is tricky for a lot of people. Some people don't even know how, but once it starts to open and it just is, yeah, it is, it's like a flower. It just opens up and it's delightful. And that's when you really start to experience life and it doesn't matter what it throws at you because you have that resilience and you have that um, empowerment and you have that love and it's, it's a, it, it changes the whole, on this journey, nothing changes, everything changes. And everything changes. Yeah. Yeah, love is and, what stays the same, and everything kind of changes around that. Yeah, and you can't you can't put it into words. You just can't. You know, I really wanted to go deep with you on relationships today because I'm so curious about um, you know what you see in terms of people's unconscious patterning and how they attract and repel and work with them, etc. But we've run out of time, so <laughs> I'm wondering if we can do part B of this. Yeah, where we actually dive into relationships I'm really curious as to what you've seen and what you've worked with and what you've experienced in your own life about our unconscious patterning and how they you know can fit like a lego piece and then rub each other up the wrong way and then create growth in each other and etc I'd love to dive into that with you if you come and be my guest on here again yes I would love that I mean part of my problem is that I'm a bit of a chatterbox and uh, quite often my clients will book in for an hour an hour and a half and they'll be here an hour later and we're having a cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> well, one chatterbox one chatterbox meets the other one here we are we'll have to do like a 10 part series to this okay <laughs> but I would love to speak about relationships and um and also because I've just been through quite a big stage in my own um, marriage and we're coming up to 20 years now and um, it's been just so great in the end, but it took a bit of work and it's amazing that we can, um, I know exactly why it had to happen because I know that my clients are coming to me with these issues and I needed to experience yeah. and come through it to be yeah. able to then go, do you know what? You're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. No matter what the external looks like, it will be okay. So I would love to. All right. Next time we're going to dive into that big time. That's part two, everyone. So <laughs> Wait for part two because that's going to be a juicy, juicy one. (laughs) I can't wait. wait. It's so lovely to speak with you. I'm going to interview you one day after so. I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, Julia. And, um, yes, we will put into our diaries next time. Okay. Can't wait. Thank you, Liz. Lots of love to you, my darling. Bye. Bye.